Hey, everybody. It is the Metamorphosis Podcast, and this is Jen and Val. And today, yeah, we are talking about um, a topic that people probably don't necessarily love talking about, but it's about anger and not just anger. We're going to break it down into some categories and help you see where this might be showing up in your life. Um, And not necessarily as outbursts of anger, but also frustration, just things not working out the way you want them to resentment, where you just put up walls in certain situations or with certain people, bitterness, uh, maybe holding you back and having you holding on to negative outcomes and experiencing the same cycle over and over again. Um, Overall, we're just going to be talking about feeling stuck and some steps to get you moving out of the stuck place um, of not always feeling like you're taking three steps forward and two steps back. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, Jennifer and I both watched a video recently and there was a woman who was telling, she was, she was being interviewed on, on something. And, um, when she spoke, uh, she's in a position of leadership. Like she should have a a pretty good attitude you would think. And when she spoke, like I could feel her frustration. Right. And it really like hit my core. And I wondered why it hit my core so much. (laughs) And then the next day I, I, Jennifer and I boxed all the time and I, I boxed her and I said, you know, I think it hit my core because like I felt her frustration because that is like, it brought into awareness that that tends to be the emotion I go to. Like I don't get super angry. Um, you know, I don't scream and yell, but I get frustrated really, really easily. And, you know, that to me, it was like this wake up call from watching her and feeling her frustration. It was like, Oh, I, that emotion sat with me because I recognized it really well. Um, and so I, as I started analyzing, you know, awareness is half the battle. And as I started analyzing, like, why do I get so frustrated when people, you know, don't do things how I want them done or, you know, as quickly as I want them done. And I came to this conclusion that like, um, you know, people can't read my mind, but I don't typically speak up to say exactly what I want or how I want it done. Right. So I have specific needs and things that I want done, but I'm not really good at speaking those. And so then when people don't just like magically figure it out, (laughs) um, it's a source of frustration for me. So the really cool part about, you know, coming into awareness of this was realizing that now when I go to that emotion, it's like, okay, I can change it. You know, I have the power to not sit in that, um, frustration and I have the power to go, okay, did I voice what I need right now? And I would say 99% of the time I found, no, I didn't. So there's absolutely no reason to be frustrated. And it's so empowering to know that, I can change it and not sit in that place of frustration often. Yeah. You know what I was thinking as you were talking is something I think that contributed to your realization of all this is the Enneagram test and how we've been playing around with um, identifying our personality type. Not that that paper has power over us to tell us who we are, but it really helps make sense. And I know for a long time, when you had taken the test in different situations, you were coming up with a number two, which is a very self-sacrificial serving mm-hmm. um, personality trait. But yes. uh, we our, our friend, Elisa, who was on our last podcast, she's a licensed therapist counselor. And she was telling me that 
twos are often, especially women are often mistyped uh, or sorry, eights are often mistyped as twos because eights don't necessarily feel in the South of, you know, the United States that we have or that you have the uh, permission to ask for what you want because it's all about good manners and being nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the South. Maybe if you're in like New York or somewhere <laughs> up North, uh, feel maybe, more free to be an eight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe where people are a little more blunt, but in the South, everything's spoken in code with manners. And um, it's funny how that kind of stuff, you know, finding out who your, your true identity is. And, you know, you, when you read the eight, you, you recognized right away, well, this is so me. I'm, you know, yes, I, yes absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I was talking to a friend about it who also loves Enneagram stuff. And she said that um, she was like, I can't imagine that you were, you know, mistyped like that doesn't usually happen but we figured out that I've never taken like the the long test apparently there's a long test that you can pay like ten dollars for and all I've ever done is the short free test and she said I bet if you had taken the long test you would have registered an eight she said it takes like an hour to take it but it's so worth it because it comes back more accurate so I'm gonna do that and see if I don't come back on an eight on the long test because I I mean when I read the the eight, I was like, Oh, now I get it. And eights typically have a very specific idea on how they want things done. (laughs) And when people don't do it that way, they are very frustrated. Um, so it did, it made total sense to me. I'm like, Oh, this is why, you know, but just knowing that gives me the power to be able to go, okay, now that I know that that's my typical go-to, how do I change that? Yeah. Well, you, because you're an eight, you see common sense, solutions that other people don't see. That's part of your, mm-hmm. your gifting and, and that personality trait. Um, but I, I, I think people do sometimes get mistyped because even when they're taking a longer test, they answer questions as they think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having somebody in your life that knows you to speak up and say, you know, I really like, this is what I see in you really helps hold that mirror up and be like, Oh, you know, you're right. That, that totally is me. Um, so I think, talking to other people about it opens up our awareness a lot. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, um, now that you've realized this, you know, awareness is, is half the battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, we dug in recently and this is where we've, we've been in hiding for a little while. This is what we do. (laughs) We go deep into learning something and nerd out over it and work on ourselves. And then we get to come back with great information to share. So, we started digging into the overlooked physical side of anger. So emotions and physical health issues, your physical health aren't too far disconnected. They're pretty, actually, they're pretty connected. And there are organs in the body that quote, hold emotions. Um, That sounds really abstract, but if you think about it, your emotions are just feelings that are uh, prompted by your brain. It starts as a thought in the brain. And then your brain is sending signals to your body to create hormones or chemicals like um, cortisol or adrenaline or whatever. And all of these hormones and chemicals have a feeling to them. So that's what creates that physical feeling in our body. And different organs in your body process different hormones and chemicals. And the liver processes anger because one of its jobs is to process out a lot of extra flow of hormones and chemicals, including cortisol. And if, if you think about cortisol, it is when you are the most stressed, overwhelmed, Um, and you just, you need that surge to get through it and to push through it and to, you know, I don't know, get things done. Cortisol, you know, rises up 
And, but if you think about feeling like that all the time, if your liver gets overwhelmed, you're stuck in that cortisol flow, you're on edge all the time. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're viewing life through the lens of a very anxious and angsty, um, body, your body physically feels like that. So, uh, we looked into a lot of how Chinese medicine explains it compared to what we've always known from Western medicine. Yeah. So like with Western and Chinese medicine, they both view the liver as, um, you know, they both know that it circulates blood, that it has a huge impact on our metabolism and blood sugar, um, that it's a, you know, our main detoxifying organ and it basically takes all the medicine we take and the toxins we take in and the chemicals and, um, the nasty food we eat. It takes all of that and it detoxes our body from all of those things, right? Alcohol, you know, so on and so forth. So um, Chinese and Western medicine both acknowledge that side of it. But where Chinese medicine comes in that we find incredibly fascinating and explains so much of how our body system works is that it also um, brings in the emotional aspect. And, you know, we know that we are, you know, physical and emotional beings, right? We, we have physical needs and we have emotional needs. And when things don't get met in one of those areas, typically... Um, you won't feel so great. And so where Chinese medicine comes in, they also, um, you know, acknowledge the fact that each organ um, or meridian uh, corresponds to a specific emotion. Um, Like Jennifer just said, for the liver, that is anger. And not only does, in Chinese medicine, does it um, correspond to liver and anger, but it also talks about how when you, when your liver is functioning well, um, typically your eyesight will um, be better because the flow of energy in the liver, uh, in Chinese medicine corresponds to the eyes. So you're going to have good eyesight. Your eyes aren't going to be dry and itchy, that sort of thing. Uh, you're also going to have very strong nails. Uh, your nail beds should be nice and firm and, and, um, pink and healthy and, um, your blood flow is going to be really well. And so, all of that is added on top of what we already know about the liver. So when you combine what we know that the liver does physically with what it does emotionally um, from the two types of medicine, it's just the most amazing organ and supporting it and giving it the love it needs for the amount of work that it does in our body is imperative. Yeah. Yeah. So what's really cool is that, you know, we got really interested in supporting the emotional side of our body and then we were learning how it was supporting the physical side. And so it works, you know, it works vice versa. You can work on one and know that you're affecting the other from either direction that you want to hit it. So using oils obviously is one of our main go-tos and how we go to our body to treat it physically or to treat it emotionally. And there are some specific oils that help with anger and clearing out and just getting things moving again, because the main thing you want the liver to do is move. You want mm-hmm. there to be flow through the liver. When the liver is stuck, you are stuck. Absolutely. Okay. So some three different oils that we're going to start with, uh, just to give you an idea of oils that would help with this. Um, the first one is thyme. Thyme oil is really great for clearing negativity. It's the oil of forgiveness. So it just kind of helps you um, process through and clear out negativity. So you can kind of see the forest through the trees. Uh, a lot of times when all we can see is the negative 
um, outcome, uh, we need to be able to clear that out so that we can actually see what positive could come out of the situations in our lives. Uh, so thyme oil is the first one. The second one is cilantro. Cilantro oil is an incredible detoxifier. Uh, a lot of our bodies are full of toxins and heavy metals. And I mean, I think about for me doing hair all these years, I've been doing hair almost 18 years and my goodness, between the chemicals that I have put on people's heads and then aluminum foil, you know, like we use that in highlighting hair all the time. And so cilantro is just a really good one for detoxifying because I'm sure that my poor liver has had to detoxify a lot of those chemicals through the years. Um, and the last oil we're going to talk about today is helichrysum. And if you don't have helichrysum, my goodness, make sure you get it. It is such a powerful oil for, um, emotional and physical needs. It's basically liquid stitches. So if you were going to use it physically, uh, one of my friends, her son hit his head on, um, like a windowsill and he was going to have to have some stitches and he was bleeding really badly. And so before they left to go, you know, get the stitches, she applied helichrysum to the spot on his forehead that was bleeding horribly. And the, it stopped, the bleeding stopped. And, uh, it's just a really amazing oil for stop of blood flow. Uh, but so it's liquid stitches and when you use it, it actually helps with, um, the regeneration of emotional and physical issues. So it'll just kind of apply liquid stitches to emotional issues and physical issues. So you would apply time, cilantro, and helichrysum to the area right below the right breast. Um, that is where your liver sits. And so you would just apply topically, you know, you might want to dilute the oils if you're using them topically, but apply those three oils and put them right there underneath the right breast. And you could do that a couple of times a day just to give the liver the support it needs and to clear out any negativity, detoxify and regenerate. Um, and so that will just help you. Once you do that, you'll, you'll find that you are processing your emotions a little bit better um, because the liver is not so heavily loaded down. Yeah. I actually have a testimony of someone who told me about how they began smoking at a really difficult time in their life. And they were very angry at someone and they picked up the cigarettes as a stress relief and they didn't put them down afterward. And she reached out to me and said, do you have anything to help with stopping this? I know why I started it. And it was anger. And I gave her um, time and then I gave her a couple other oils specifically to help with nicotine addiction. But the, the time over her liver, she said that she was able to put her cigarettes down the next day and not pick them back up. And she, she had messaged me three months later to tell me that she had not touched her cigarettes ever since that day. But I mean, it, that's amazing. Yeah, her addiction was rooted <laughs> in anger. So she was able yeah. to clear out the anger and let go of addiction. Um, even the chemical, you know, the, the chemical physical dependency on mm -hmm. that. It was, it was the anger that was the stronger addiction than wow. the cigarettes. So really cool. So we have a lot of other really cool things to share with you about not only the liver, but we've got some recipes to give you some roller bottle blends you can make and apply over your liver. Um, this is going to hit stuff like, uh, emotional health as well as faster metabolism because that's related to your liver glowing skin and healthy hair you know the fingernails like you talked about balanced hormones in general so that's what the next few episodes are going to be about we're going to break down some things a little more specifically give you some very specific recipes protocols and plans to love your liver better 